0: Welcome to This Week in Woke with me, your guest host, Stu. We got quite a few stories today, so how about we get this ball rolling? World-class film director Steven Spielberg had some interesting comments this week when he spoke at the Time 100 Summit. Let's tune in to hear what he had to say. I know at one point you took some guns out of
1: E.T. and then regretted it. That was a mistake. That was a mistake. Um, I never should have done that because E.T. is um, a product of its era. And it, it's not, no, no film should be revised based on the lenses we now are either voluntarily or being forced to peer through. Excuse me? What was that, Stephen? I'm a little hard at hearing. Can you say that again? No, no film should be revised based on the lenses we now are either voluntarily or being forced to peer through. Well, well, well. Isn't that interesting? Before we discuss this in detail, let's see the whole clip for better context. But uh, E.T. was a film that I was sensitive to the fact that the, that the federal agents were approaching a bunch of kids with their firearms exposed, and I thought I would change the guns into walkie-talkies. But E.T. was... And that was because years had gone by, and I, and I, I had changed my, my own views. I should never have messed with the archive of my own work, and I don't recommend anybody really do that. Your, your film... All our movies are... A kind of um, measuring, sort of a signpost of where we were when we made them and what, what the world was like, what the world was receiving when we got those stories out there. So.
0: Now, I definitely agree with Stephen about this. For the rest of the clip, I really want you to pay attention to his body language and mannerisms as he gets pressed about censorship.
1: I really regret having that. You feel
0: that. that way about this is such a current topic across literature and, and art in general. taking. Certain language out of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is—is is this some—is this a, a feeling you have across across the world of art that we shouldn't apply today's standards
1: to yesterday's work? Nobody should ever attempt to, to take the chocolate out of Willy Wonka, <laughs> ever. You know, and they shouldn't take the chocolate or the vanilla or any other flavor out of anything that has been written. It—it is—it is absolutely, um, for me, it, it is sacrosanct. It's—it's it's something that that. Uh, is our history, it's our, cultural, Warts. it's our cultural heritage. Warts and all. Yeah, I do not believe in censorship that way. Okay. Yeah. Once again, what was that, Steven?
0: Yeah, I do not believe in
1: censorship that way.
0: I certainly believe you, but say it with your goddamn chest. I find this clip to be riveting and encouraging Spielberg is one of those creative tour de forces and a living legend and I think this is something that he's really thought about greatly, but you can see a few things going on here. First off, he had a bit of a Freudian slip with the utterance of forced to peer through in regards to censorship. We both know that Steven would not tell us what these lenses of censorship he is being forced to peer through are, and as the discussion goes on and on. You know, you can see how uncomfortable he is to be in this culture warrior territory, and he starts to shut up. He practically whispers censorship, for Christ's sake, at the very end. But his answers about not wanting to remove the chocolate and the vanilla from the Willy Wonka chocolate factory, I think were pretty inspired and pretty funny off the top of his head. But this is exactly what the problem is today in America. Someone like Spielberg, who has enough clout and money that he can say whatever the hell he wants to say, would rather be silent than, you know, having some people mad at him. He is a multimillionaire who is afraid of the mob. I'm really reminded of that Dawkins interview that we covered where this new atheist, intellectual thinker clams up when pressed by Piers Morgan on tough subjects. Worried about, did you get threats because of the positions you've taken on some of these things? When you saw what happened to Salman Rushdie? Didn't send a shutter three? Yeah. Are you saying no, you don't want to talk about it? Or... Yes. Right. I mean, that's interesting in itself. Because it's it, there are areas which you would prefer not to discuss. Yes. I should have said that before we started. Yeah. No, but listen, I, I'm. I think it's sad that you can't. I don't think anything should be off limits in interviews with people like you. The whole point of the world's smartest thinkers is we ought to be able to have free and open debate. But I don't think we do because people use murderous retribution against free speech. It sadly really affirms the Jefferson quote. Timid men prefer the calm of despotism to the boisterous sea of liberty. Multi millionaires and public intellectuals, with so much less at stake, are afraid to speak up and would prefer to live under the boot with some resentments than to actually fight and have true freedom. But I don't want to be too hard on Stephen. He certainly has cowtailed to many a progressive thing in his day, but it goes to show that there are plenty of good people who recognize how crazy our world has become. But at the end of the day, they really need to have some courage. Now tell me, what does that mean to be noble? Your title gives you claim to the throne of our country. But men don't follow titles. They follow courage. We need more courage today because we are dealing with insane public policies. I'm sure many of you remember our old pal, Travis County attorney, Jose Garza. This is the Soros DA out of Austin. Well, he is back at it again, and he has given a 10-year probation to a man named Antonio Rios. Rios is facing numerous indecent exposure charges, including exposing himself to children, multiple times, and he is free to roam the streets despite copping to aggravated assault, where he broke a woman's leg in four pieces, you know, while masturbating to her, and the victim, Lynn Isaac, couldn't walk for months and had her entire kneecap replaced. Now, where were the police? The police didn't feel like they would be able to track this fella down, so she started her own independent investigation and caught the I'm <laughs> about to have almost cursed and caught and Rios. To this day, I will never forget you looking back at me like I was your prey. With a broken leg that required surgery, Isaac had nothing but time to find out who was responsible. Officers didn't think it was likely they would find the suspect. She looked for other possible victims on the next door app.
1: And over the course of about three or four months, they were able to link him to additional attacks, uh, identify his vehicle, take a picture of the vehicle, pull images off of Ring Doorbell. These are all the locations where the
0: attorney representing the women says the attacks happened. At least 10 of them out jogging, walking their dogs, or even with their children. So despite this person being a complete nut. Rios did plead guilty to aggravated assault, causing serious bodily injury and injury to a child. And he was on house arrest for six months prior to being on probation, all according to his attorney. What does Garza do? He knows that even in the most liberal of cities, a jury would find this man guilty, and so he lets him off. This was a deal that was reached with the district attorney's office after 16 months of negotiation. It took into account my client's lack of criminal history. There are different purposes in the criminal justice system, and one of those is rehabilitation. It is repulsive. Rios has already had multiple chances to get his act together, you know, to reform himself. But in my opinion, he has a lost cause, and his behavior is escalating. But the insanity doesn't end there. The Oregon legislature has proposed the Right to Rest Act, which is House Bill 3501, which would decriminalize camping in public spaces. Interesting, it sounds fairly innocuous, right? This would effectively legalize tent cities and would make it a $1,000 fine to obstruct the right to rest. Here is some of the language in the bill that I worry could be weaponized. A. To use and move freely in public spaces without discrimination and time limitations that are based on housing status. B. To rest in public spaces and seek protection from adverse weather conditions that are unsuitable for human exposure in a manner that does not obstruct human or vehicle traffic. So does this mean they could indefinitely occupy government buildings? It says move freely in public spaces without time limitations. and To be frank, what is an adverse weather condition? There's certainly high temperatures that I know many people would agree are adverse. So, I mean, at this point, with how soft we are as a society, could you use having seasonal allergies as a reason why you need to be inside a public space? I mean, it just gets into a very bizarre area. I really see this being a nightmare scenario down the line that the Oregon legislature is purposely setting into motion. I think that's simply psychotic. There are ways to help the homeless, excuse me, unhoused individuals. That doesn't involve enabling them. Find real solutions. So folks, that is why courage is important, because there are many people in our once polite society that are actively burning it to the ground and putting you in harm's way. You gotta speak up. The people that are supposed to be our elites are timid souls and won't fight for you. So until next week, friends, remember, watch Rob is Right every day, say your prayers, and eat your vegetables. This is Stu wishing you a happy and restful weekend. That's problematic!